If you have your Bibles and you would turn with us to the book of 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter number 26, 1 Chronicles chapter number 26. Also, if you have a smart device in your hand, you can share this service uh, on your Facebook page or the YouTube, are y'all on YouTube? Facebook, if you will, share this on your Facebook account and uh, invite somebody to go to church with you tonight. You never know who needs to hear the word from tonight or the worship or one part of this service. First Chronicles chapter 26, verse number 27, just one verse of scripture. If you're there, say amen. amen. The word of the Lord says, out of the spoils, one in battles. Did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord? Out of the spoils, one in battles, did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord? I want to preach to you just a little while tonight, spoils of spiritual warfare. If you would, stretch your hands this way. Pray that God would touch us afresh and anew. Father, we love you, Jesus, and we're thankful for God, your blessings to us moment by moment, day by day. Come on, church, let's pray together. Hallelujah. I pray that, Lord, tonight you would have your way, that, Lord, you would minister in this house, that, God, every word would come directly from the throne of God, every thought, let it be held captive by your spirit. I pray that, Lord, you would drive back the enemy of hell that would attempt to, to bind up or move against a service. We come against him in the name of the Lord Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over this house. And we pray that, Father, even now, that victory would begin to come in this house. Lord, let us understand that with every battle, there's a win or a loss. And God, our mind and our faith determines whether we'll win or we'll lose. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. God, our faith has brought us the victory, even our faith. I pray that, Lord, we would begin to walk out of these places, Lord, these revival services, morning and night, God, with victory in our soul, victory in our spirit. And, Lord, we'll give you the praise. Anoint us to preach in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone that loved him shouted, Amen. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Out of the spoils won in battles, did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord? This verse opens to us a profound, life-changing truth. It speaks of spoils that can only be won in battle. And once these spoils are won, they're dedicated to the building up of the house of God. I believe if we can grasp that powerful truth behind the verse, we're going to understand why the Lord allows such intense battles uh, that come our way. Is there anybody besides me uh, that's fought the devil at least, at least a little while ago? Amen. I, I just wonder, uh, amen, if all the demons seem to be camped out in Texarkana or have they spread back around to Baldwin County somewhere? Amen. Let me tell you, the closer that we get to the coming of the Lord, the greater the battle that you're going to face. Is that right? 
the more uh, attacks that you're going to be under. Uh, but friend, uh, we've got a promise uh, that he did declare, greater is he that's in me uh, than he uh, that's in the world. Uh, if we don't want to believe that, uh, then we'll walk around defeated. Uh, but if we can somehow grasp uh, that the God that is in us uh, is greater than the enemy that's around us, uh, you'll begin to walk in the powerful anointing of, of victory that comes uh, because the word of God says he always causes us to triumph the light came on for me Whenever I came across this scripture, I was reading Chronicles. And, and, and friend, let me tell you, there are great histories uh, that are in the book of Chronicles. I love history. Uh, and, and, and I was reading through the Bible. And, and I finally made it through Leviticus. And oh, God help us. There's sometimes uh, whenever we're speaking about reading the Bible through, the wheels of good intention usually roll off in the wilderness of Leviticus somewhere. I'd made it past Leviticus and I got into 1 Chronicles and let me tell you there are days when you go through just reading uh, that it can become habit or it can just become that you're just reading but you're not comprehending uh, but when I came to the Chronicles and I was reading about this uh, I, this Scripture began to leap off the page at me because of the things that we win in a battle are dedicated to maintaining the temple of the Most High God. Can I come and tell you tonight that there are some things in God that you will only achieve or acquire or receive when you fight for it? I appreciate those three or four, five amens right there. Amen. I said there are some places in the Lord Jesus Christ that you're only going to attain when you fight to attain it. There are some places, there are some things that you've got to fight for. If you're in the battle for the Lord and right, keep on the firing line. If you win, my brother, surely you must fight. Keep on the firing line. We've come to a battle. I believe that many folks feel like uh, that their victories uh, are completely and all on God uh, and nothing to do with you. Uh, well, friend, that isn't the way that it works. Uh, but if you'll begin to stand up and do your part, uh, God will certainly do His. Amen. So we look at it, nothing, when people, when Christians get born again, somehow they've got in their mind that everything is just going to be sunshine and roses. Even it's like that Skittles commercial. You just got candy raining in your mouth every day. Everybody that gets saved, there's some of them, some of us at some time or another, we believe that everything's supposed to be smooth. Everything's supposed to be wonderful. There's not ever going to be any bad days. There's never going to be any low days. There's never going to be any days where you don't feel like raising your hands. Come on now. Amen. I can tell you there's been moments just like that. That's the reason we don't serve God because of what we feel or on the basis of how we feel. Don't get me wrong. I like to feel what I feel when I'm feeling the power of God. But that isn't what sustains me. Feelings come and go. But victories are all wrapped up in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight, I'm going to get you hopefully past your feelings of what you feel like and get you back into your faith that will again begin to bring revival to your soul that we sang about a little bit earlier. So what are the spoils of warfare? Spoils are plunder, 
loot, goods taken in battle by the victors. The Bible first mentions the spoils in Genesis chapter number 14 when a confederation of kings invaded Sodom and Gomorrah. They went in and took all of the gold and all the silver and plundered Sodom and Gomorrah. While that they were there taking everything, they also took slaves out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And now then, there was something that was going on here. Abraham, he had heard about the marauding kings that had come in and begin to attack Sodom and Gomorrah he didn't bother him it didn't move him but when Abraham heard about one of those that were taken captive and the family that belonged to him it moved Abraham to move against those kings when Abraham heard that Lot had been taken by the marauding kings Abraham's said, hold on just a minute you can steal from Sodom and Gomorrah you can take their gold that's nothing to me but if you mess with one that belongs to me then you're going to stir up Father Abraham against you even the devil he's always beating on his own people talk to me now Amen. He's always leaving people in a sad state of affairs. Amen. The new drug that's out that causes people to convulse out openly in the streets. Amen. I saw an occurrence just a couple of weeks ago. I was home for just a couple of days and my son and I were riding down the road. It might have been Seth or Clay, one of the two. We were riding down the road and there was a lady that was in the middle of the street stopping traffic and all of a sudden I thought, is there a wreck? What's going on? Uh, then we saw her eyes were turned uh, to just a dark blackness. Uh, all of a sudden she began to convulse uh, and begin to flip around in the street and a gentleman came out and put his arms around her and hugged her and picked her up uh, and went over and sat her down. Uh, I thought to myself uh, the devil uh, has never been good to his people ever. Say amen. Some of his best servants, uh, he treats them rotten. Uh, even that girl was there. I've seen uh, how that has been treated. Well, let me tell you, that's the difference in serving the devil uh, and serving a father that said, I'll never leave you uh, and I'll never forsake you. Talk to me, church. Hallelujah to God. I'm going to preach to you tonight until you can lift up your head. I'm going to preach to you tonight until you can gain victory from the inside out. I'm preaching to some folks tonight that are defeated and trodden down and cast down. But let me tell you that battle you're in is not to kill you, Saint. It's not to destroy you. God has bigger plans than what you can even imagine. The difference in serving the devil and serving God, amen, is you start messing with the king's kids. He's going to get stirred up with a fire of vengeance against the enemy of your soul. And he will fight those battles for you. Well, Lot, Even though Lot and Abraham left on pretty rough terms, come on now. It's kind of like family members. They can fuss and fight all they want to, but don't you mess with them. Amen. Well, they were on bad terms.
concerns but Lot got down and he got into a sad state matter of fact I went into Israel in 2017 and while I was there in Dan at the northern part of Israel where you could look into Lebanon and Syria we were right at the tip of Israel at the top we were there where they had put a golden calf we had looked at that place saw that altar and then they said let's walk on around just around the corner from here and we want to show you something that's only been discovered about the last decade we went around and we saw an excavation of a, a gate that was there. And they said to us, this has finally been discovered. It's Abraham's gate. And I said, wait a minute. You're beginning to tell me that Abraham, Father Abraham, 4,000 years ago, actually walked through this gate. They said, absolutely. He did go through this gate right here. And not only he, but the 318 men that went with him to get Lot out of the grip of those marauding kings that had taken him captive. Friend, I begin to get intensely interested. I love history anyway. I love architecture in that fashion. But to stand there from here to that back wall away from a gate that Abraham had walked through and delivered Lot, it set my soul on fire. Amen. Matter of fact, I went home and was reading through that again and I came through to the passage where it says that Abraham heard that Lot had been taken. After he heard that Lot had been taken, he gathered 318 men and went down and delivered Lot out of the city. Well, my brain works weird sometimes. Even if Abraham had 318 men, then Abraham had 350 men. He had 400 men. Why in this world did Abraham take 318 that's not an even number it's not even for a company I'm thinking Lord what in the world is going on here I'm asking God I'm looking in every book that I can find imaginable and I came across it was either in Keel and Deitch or the pulpit commentary one of those that trusted books that we are going through and we read often I went through and I saw where Abraham had taken 318 of his best men to go down and deliver Lot. Well, no doubt, amen, pastor preached this morning about the servant of Abraham, the one that would be, the one that would bring the bride, Eleazar. He was his best servant, would you say? He was the greatest servant. He was the most trusted servant, the one that the Lord said, put your hand under my thigh and make a vow that you'll only bring a bride back for my son. Amen. Not of the land of the Canaanites, but of the people of God. Amen. Abraham, no doubt, had Eleazar in that list of men that went there. Abraham is a type of the father. Lot is a type of that backslidden son. Come on now. A generation that's lost and undone without the father. So he sends in Eleazar, amen, that 318 men. Eleazar is proven over time. He's a type of the Holy Ghost. I said, Lord, why is it that you sent 318 men? 
Amen. Uh, amen. We had a, a minister with us this past week in camp meeting, uh, Brother Mar Marwan Beam, uh, and he reassured me again uh, about the Hebrew lettering. Uh, the Hebrew letters uh, also have an equivalent number uh, that equals uh, that letter. Every Hebrew letter uh, equals a significant number. Uh, amen. In the numerical table. Uh, he got there and I said, let me ask you something. Uh, is this so? He said, it is absolutely so. Uh, did you know uh, that if you added up uh, the numerical value uh, of Eleazar, uh, it equals uh, 318. Uh, can I tell you something? Uh, this Bible is proclaiming uh, God the Father, uh, God the Son, uh, and God the Holy Ghost uh, from Genesis uh, to Revelation. Uh, Jesus uh, didn't wait uh, to the book of Acts uh, to reveal that what gives you victory uh, and what gives you power is the Holy Ghost of Heaven. He taught it to us in the book of Genesis. John said there's three that bear record in Heaven. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. I can tell you he also declared, even it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. If you're going to have victory, if you're going to overcome the battles that you face, you're going to overcome by the power of the Holy Ghost of heaven. I'm wanting to go so many directions, but I'm going to just choose to stick with these notes. There's so many that try to look for victory in every other place besides Jesus. Come on now. Christ. And him crucified. We try to find victory in what I feel. Victory in what I sing. Victory in what I look like. Come on here. But there is no victory outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. The triune Godhead. There it is. The picture of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now consider this. Abraham, he went down with those 318 men, the power of the Holy Ghost, and he went in and delivered Lot and all those people. Not only did he deliver Lot, but he also regained or recaptured all of the spoils of Sodom and Gomorrah. But if you read the Bible, now in the history of that text, not only did he take the spoils of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot, but also the nine other kingdoms that those kings had already stolen from. They had piled up loot. They had piled up money, gold and everything. And Abraham, when he went in, the devil said, look here. Here's Abraham's seed. This is what I think of the Abrahamic covenant. This is what I think about what God said to you, Abraham, where the Lord said to Abraham, every place you put the sole of your feet, I'm going to give it to you. He said to Abraham, I'll make your seed as the sand of the sea and the stars of heaven. And the devil said, this is what I think about your covenant with God. I've got Lot, one of your very own, locked up in chains. And you know what Abraham did? He said, my covenant is stronger than your stealing ability. Come on here. My covenant with God is able to last through the storm. My covenant is able to bring me through the losses of life. Are you hearing me? You went through problems but your covenant is able to sustain you. 
I'm about to get happy. I hope some of y'all do it a little bit. He said, here's what I think of your covenant. Lot is locked up. But Abraham, in the power of the Holy Ghost of heaven, went down through a gate and delivered not only Lot, but the spoils of Sodom and Gomorrah and also the gold of all the other kingdoms that had been spoiled. What I'm telling you is Abraham went down to get Lot. He went down to get that that had been stolen from him. But when he came out, he came out with more than he went in to get. Come on here. There's some of you that wonder why God is putting you in the battle you're in right now. You wonder why you're fighting the battle that you're fighting right now. It's not to destroy you. It's to resource you. It's to bring you to the place where you get what you need in the spirit. There are only some things in Christ that you'll gain when you fight the good fight of faith. Watch. He came out with all the gold of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the king of Sodom said, hey, you just keep all of that. Take every bit of it. And Abraham said, I don't want your gold. You ain't going to give me nothing. Abraham said, ain't no man going to say he made Abraham rich. He gave all the gold back to the king of Sodom. Is that right in this book? Gave it back to him uh, down to the last shoe latchet, uh, down to the last servant. Uh, gave him everything back. But watch, uh, even not only did he have uh, the gold of Sodom, uh, but he had the spoils uh, of the other nine kingdoms. Uh, you see, that devil was mean to his own people. Uh, but God says he's laid up the wealth uh, of the wicked for the righteous. Uh, there are some things, church, uh, that the wicked are possessing uh, that belong uh, to the saints of light. Uh, there's some wicked folks uh, that are possessing uh, the reins of your children. Uh, they're possessing uh, the reins uh, of your husband or wife. Uh, they're possessing control uh, over that that means more to you uh, than life itself. Uh, well, you got to go to battle for it. Uh, you got to go to fighting for it uh, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. I love this now. Out of the spoils won in battles, battles, plural, did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord. He gave everything back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Can I just go on and preach this right here? God don't need the world to win the world. He gave the world back their stuff and he took the inheritance that belonged to the saints of light. There's so many churches that are trying to win the world with the world and they're not winning anybody. We don't need another donut rally. We don't need another ice cream social. We don't need another fireside chat. What we need is victory that is won in the battlefield of blood. Hallelujah. It's not by the power of man, but the power of God. We walk in this victory. How do I know he took spoils? Because just a little bit later, Abraham was walking along now. That devil had gone off in the corner. He was licking his wounds. He was defeated. And now then Abraham meets up with the high priest Melchizedek. He's walking along. He meets a high priest that has need.
neither beginning nor ending. Are you hearing me? You see the pre-incarnate Son of God come meeting the man that just won the victory. Oh God, the pre-incarnate Son of God, a picture of who Jesus is, came walking up to Abraham. And Abraham, when he saw him, he paid tithe, not of Sodom and Gomorrah, but he paid tithe of the spoils that he won in battle. Church, number one, there are some victories that God wants to place within you. You've got to fight for. But when you gain victory, all glory, all honor, all power is given back to the Lord. When you give him glory, you walk in complete victory. He paid tithe to Melchizedek. He paid him tenth of what was there from the spoils. Church, can I tell you that that was used to build the kingdom of God. In that Old Testament picture, it was built to take care of the ministry, to take care, amen, of the house of God. Melchizedek represented the place where God lived. Melchizedek represented the place where God dwelt. And Abraham said, I have won this in the battle for the soul of man, of Lot. I've won this. I got back my nephew and I've also gotten these spoils. You see, when you go in for a battle, it's not just to get back what you lost. It's for God to give you back more than you had before you went in. David had the same reverent attitude as Abraham when spoils were taken in warfare. We see a decree. He set forth toward the end of his life. David had just appointed him son, his son Solomon, and he followed him on Israel's throne. And now he gathered the nation's leaders together to set up a divine order for sustaining God's house. He's there laying on his deathbed. God would not let David build his house because he said, you're a bloody man. But he did let him gather up all the gold, all the silver, all the wood of Hiram. Come on now. The cedars of Lebanon. David may not could have put his name on the, on the emblem beside the door that he built the tabernacle of God. Solomon may have built the temple, but it was a bloody man of war that garnered what would pass through to the next generation that would bring about life and peace. I'm all about love. I'm all about preaching forgiveness, but there's got to be some men and women of God that will get down in the traces and fight the good fight of faith. There's going to be some men and women that will get on their prayer bones and say, I'm not coming out until is brought to my life and my family. There it was, spoils, won in victory. That battle is not to destroy you. The battle you're in right now. Amen. I have taken the pulse of this congregation last night. You didn't know it, uh, but every preacher when he preaches to you is just like a nurse, taking your pulse, uh, taking your temperature. Uh, I preached to you last night. Uh, I took your temperature. I took your pulse. Uh, and God said, here is the prescription. Uh, there's some of you uh, that are in a warfare right now. Uh, you ain't told your pastor. Uh, you haven't told anybody. You uh, haven't told your children, your spouse. Uh, amen. None of those know about the battle uh, that you 
you're in and you're wondering why am I fighting this battle so intensely right now it's because God is not wanting to kill you he's wanting to resource you for the battle that is just ahead there's a generation that are looking for saints of God that are walking in victory and you're it they're the ones you're looking that they're looking for to find when the scripture speaks of maintaining the temple, that original Hebrew word means to repair the house, to strengthen and to consolidate what was built. In short, these resources were meant to maintain the temple's original splendor. So you ask, where is God's temple today? Come on now. Y'all done had enough preaching. Y'all know what I'm about to preach. You already know. Amen. If in the Old Testament he gave them resource out of battles to maintain the temple of the Most High God, Corinthians says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? And you think if God loved me, he wouldn't let me fight this battle. If God loved me, he wouldn't let me deal with depression. If he loved me, he would let my bank account be full at all times. If he loved I'd never have a tiff with my spouse. If he loved me, I would never have a bad moment. I'd never have a bad day. But friend, he loves you enough to let you go into a battle and find that when he's all you got, he's all you need. Hey, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Somebody ought to clap your hands. I don't know about you but I've only found I've only seen the power of God move in some instances when I fought the worst battle of my life are you hearing me let me get a little, a little real for a second with you amen there are some times whenever I've been there saying Lord I have spent my life for the cause of the gospel. That's all I do. That's all I know. From the time I've been born, I was raised in church. At nine years old, I started playing that organ at my home church. At a young age, I've served God. Even lived my life for the kingdom of God. I've done everything from polished church views to cut rows around the church. Amen. Done everything I can imagine to work for the kingdom of God. I started preaching as a young boy and for the last 30 plus years I've never took a break. I've never given in. I've never had a moment where I wanted to turn back. Are you hearing me? My whole life I've given it to the Lord Jesus Christ. But even at that there's been some battles that I said Lord if you're letting me go through this have you forgotten about me? Four years ago, when that wife of mine got so sick, I said, Lord, where are you? And then two years ago, when we had another bout with cancer, I said, God, we did not relent. We didn't give up on the first go. I thought we passed the test. And then two months ago, even laying in a hospital, the doctor looked across her nearly lifeless body and said, she's within hours of passing into eternity. 
Hallelujah. She said, he said, she's a, this is about to be a funeral and not a surgery. Amen. That's how close we were. And for 10 days, she laid in that hospital. So I can tell you, there's been some days where I thought, Lord, what is this battle about? But let me tell you what I gained on the other side of that battle. Amen. I went in with the air knocked out of me. I went into the battle not knowing what to expect, but I came out on the other side. Hallelujah to God. Knowing that he is Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that will heal your body. You'll never know he's all you need until he's all you got. You hear me? Two, nearly two months ago now, on a Sunday evening at 6.10, they wouldn't let anybody in that hospital with her. Amen. I was with her till they did surgery. And I sat out in a, in a waiting room, a surgical waiting room. They had closed it down for the day. Turned half the lights off. I'm sitting in a half-lit waiting room by myself. My wife's in there. They said, we don't know if she'll come out or not. I'm sitting there thinking, God, where are you? And then all of a sudden, I begin to feel that from fresh and familiar feeling that I knew so well. I begin to recognize that I'm not by myself. I begin to recognize that this battle is not mine. This battle is the Lord's. If you've ever went through that kind of battle, then friend, you understand that God gives you faith. God gives you power. God gives you anointing on the backside of the battle. Come on, church. Well, you're a little bit too wound up for us tonight. If you've ever come through to the other side, then you know the ecstasy of the spirit that I'm feeling. You know what it is to walk out of that hospital. You know what it is to walk out of that place of defeat and declare that the gift of God is eternal life, both on the other side and right here where I'm living now. Hallelujah. 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 You've got to get this tonight. I want you to hold on to this. David, he said, I tell you what you do. You take the spoils to those men that he laid on his deathbed. He said, you do this. The Bible says he hired stonemason. He hired every kind of mason or worker that could keep that house in pristine condition. He had to fight to get that. Are you hearing me? In order for our house, the temple of the Holy Ghost, to stay in tip-top shape, to be in pristine condition, there's got to be a regular washing of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but every spring, even Pam's got a pressure.
pressure washer saying we got to wash this house down. Amen. It can be just a tad of that old black stuff that gets on in the springtime. She's out there with 16 gallons of bleach. Amen. And a pressure washer and we can't see for three days for all that spread in our eyes. Amen. She's wanting that house to glisten. Let me tell you that the Lord wants his house to glisten. He doesn't need bleach. I feel the Holy Ghost. He doesn't need man-made chemicals, but that fresh anointing that comes on the heels of the greatest battle of your life, it'll make that house glisten. It'll make that house shine where the world will understand that God is in control of keeping that house pure. Say amen to me. Listen, David, he understood about loss. He understood about losing. He was at Ziklag and went to fight with the Philistines. When he came back, everything was stolen. Everything was gone. All his money, his house was burned to nothing. His wife, children, all of the men's wives were gone. Nothing left. If you've served God longer than 15 minutes, you have woke up to ashes and loss. You have. If you've served God a little while, you have woke up to the hardest place you've ever endured in your life. When you wake up, you're saying, God, I can't wait for the sun to go down so I can get back in that bed and get past this day. If you've never had those kinds of days, then you got one coming. Say amen. Your faith is going to be what's bringing you to the overcoming power. David got home. Everything was gone. Even his men that were there, they spake of stoning him, saying, hey, get rid of this joke. He's done let us into the fight with the Philistines. God's getting us punished. Let's get rid of David. There's going to be moments whenever your family leave you, when all of your gold is gone and your best buddies won't even call you. Talk to me, friend. The best friend you got on this planet, eat the planet, will not call you. But there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There is one that declared, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you to the end of the earth. That is the only one that crawled up in that tent when David prayed through. Even not another one, not anybody else, but God, whenever David crawled on his knees, God got on his knees beside him and said, I'm right here. I'll never leave you, boy. It's going to be all right. Let me preach my own self happy. When nobody would crawl up in that tent with him, God did. Not only did he crawl in the tent, David said, what am I supposed to do? Do I even, do I even go after him? David's faith was going down. Amen. And just like Sister Youngbird showed up on a Sunday morning when you're asking God, do I even pursue after this troop? Amen. Do I pursue after him? What do I do? Amen. The Lord said, pursue. He sent Sister Youngbird to tell you to pursue, but he sent the Holy Ghost to tell us, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake. 
and without somebody hear me tonight and without fail thou shalt recover all I got a word for somebody tonight it's not lost forever you thought it was gone my God you thought it was over gone you thought it was past the Lord said I know where it is and I know how to get it back to you again For thou shalt surely overtake and without fail. You're going to recover all. He didn't just recover all. He recovered more than all. David went in. Don't have time to preach the whole story. They caught up with him. And he went down on the enemy. Found his beloved bride and children. And he took everything. The Bible said there wasn't even a bag of beans that was lost on that raid. Come on now. When David went and got it all back, there wasn't a shoe latchet that was left on the battlefield. God gave him everything that the enemy stole. But watch it now, friend. David came out with everything. But when he got down a little ways, there were about 200 men or 400 men that were so weak they couldn't fight. And they stayed in the and they said we're not giving them their stuff David said oh yes we are not only am I going to give them back their stuff but that portion that we took amen that wasn't stolen from us the Bible says that he called it David's spoil y'all read that in your Bible it's David's spoil meaning it don't belong to none of y'all it's mine and you know what he did he divided it up and he sent it out to the tribe in Israel and united them together. Can I declare tonight that this battle that you're in, it ain't about you. It ain't about what you've lost. It's about what you're about to gain to do a benefit for those that cannot fight for themselves. How in the world are you going to know he is the healer unless you go to the place where you see it for yourself? Come on, church. Come on, church. How in the world are you going to know he's a provider until you've been flat, busted, and disgusted? Dear God, this is y'all tonight. Good point, brother. You know why you can't shout over? You ain't been through it. You ain't been where there's nothing left. Come on now. You haven't been where your bride laying on the table about to die. You haven't been where he's walked out on you. Come on now. You haven't been where that spouse said, I've had enough of this mess. You haven't been where your children got wayward on you. But I'm preaching tonight not only to some that's been through it, but to some that might be going to go through it. You're going to call back to remembrance what this preacher is saying. This battle is not about you. When I came through that fearful time, I can now lay my hand on the sick and know that the God I'm praying to is the God that will make them recover. David sent the spoils for somebody else. God's trying to give you something in this battle that's going to be for ministry in the days and weeks ahead. 
You just can't see it because you're mully grubbing around, moping. I'm just so sad. I'm doing everything I can for God and I feel like this. Well, yeah, the devil ain't going to lay back just because you decide you're going to serve the Lord and not fight you. Matter of fact, I've learned this. I've learned this. That when I start doing something for the kingdom, the devil's going to jack you right in the eye. Is that right? As long as you ain't doing nothing, he ain't going to waste time on you. But the minute you start affecting the kingdom of God, that's when you're going to get punched in the gut, mister. That's when you're going to start fighting devil after devil after devil. But when you start coming up against him, you know what I've learned? That whenever I went through that battle two months ago, when I've been through the battle two years ago and four years ago, even you can go back to YouTube. You can go back to Facebook. And in those months where I was begging God for that woman to live, Amen. The devil was beating me left and right. You can go back to YouTube. You know what I was preaching in the book of James? If there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and if they committed any sins, it shall be forgiven them. Hallelujah. I begin to preach on the balm of Gilead, the healing ointment that flowed from God. Amen the atonement provides healing and salvation whenever I went through it I began to pour out what God gave me for more than just myself say amen you're going through the battle you think it's about all about me all about me no it ain't God's trying to get it through you you're the conduit that said God use me lead me Lord I'll follow Anywhere you open up the door. Yeah. And then when God starts getting you ready, you say, well, Lord, shut the door. Shut it down. There are times just like that that you fight for it. And then there are moments when you have fought until there's nothing left in you. And God will fight that battle for you. God will give you victory when you can't fight for yourself. Those four lepers that were outside the city gates said, we can't go home. If we go in the Syrian camp, they're going to kill us. But why sit here until we die? You're the ones that ambled up in here tonight. You're the ones that's here because God knew you needed to be here. So all the way it goes. The ones that are listening online, you're the ones that God chose to hear this message tonight. Amen. And the word of the Lord for you. Amen. In your sad state, in your battle-stricken state, in your mind that is defeated because of every blow of the devil, the Lord is saying to you through a feeble preacher, why are you sitting here until you die? This battle is not your destiny. Come on here. <laughs> This battle is not where you're going to end up. Amen. Who said anything about a good death? Amen. I'm not talking about a good death. I want to live till the Lord says I go home. I'm not just going to walk up to this battle and die. If you fail in the day of adversity, the Bible says your strength is small, but greater is he 
than he that's in the world. This is not your destiny. But you've got to go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Uh, amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Uh, and I'll dwell uh, in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, friend, uh, that Bible says he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm always in my feeble mind. I thought that was dark. Dark. Blackness. Can't see anything. Death is awful. But friend, David reveals to us that even in the place where we're in the battlefield, thou art with me. In what form? Amen. In the valley of the shadow of death. I want to ask you, what casts a shadow? What casts a shadow? Amen. The only thing that casts a shadow is light. Are you hearing me? You might be in the battle. You might be in the place where you're fighting death and you're fighting everything imaginable. But friend, I want to tell you, he said he is the light of the world. And if there's a shadow being cast, even it's because the light is shining on death and putting it out. Are you hearing me? Death can't win. Darkness can't win. Because light has overflown it with this power divine. Say amen to me, church. I'm almost done. Give me a minute. Those four lepers went back. Amen. They never fought a battle on their own. But the Bible says that they heard a sound. The Bible says that, 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 that the enemy was routed by the sound of chariots and the sound of horses. That's what routed the enemy out of that Syrian camp. The man of God prophesied. He said, by this time tomorrow, I'm not a prophet. I'm not prophesying to you tomorrow. But by this time, the prophet did say to them, by this time tomorrow, amen, shall all of the things that you've wanted for food be sold for a farthing. Amen, everything. They've been eating a donkey's head for 80 pieces of silver. Amen, two women went in fighting over which baby they were going to eat that day. It had got desperate. Your time is no more desperate than the children of Israel in that moment. But can I tell you, you don't need a good feeling. You need a word from God. You need a word from the Lord. And I've come to tell you that the word of the Lord is you shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord God. Friend, you may not be excited but I've been through the valley. I've walked through death and I came out with the in my life and so come on church he routed 
flooded the enemy with a sound, Brother Eddie Sullivan. Uh, can I tell you uh, that on the day of Pentecost, uh, there was a sound uh, from heaven uh, that also will right route uh, the enemy of your soul. Uh, if you want to have victory, uh, you need the same power that Abraham went in uh, and delivered Lot uh, out of the hand uh, of the marauding kings. Uh, you don't need just a little taste uh, of the gospel. Uh, you need the fullness uh, of the power of God in your life. Stand with me. I'll quit right here. Come on. Come on, y'all. In Isaiah chapter number 6, the Bible says that Isaiah, in the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw also. He had seen Uzziah until he died, but in the year he died, I saw also the, the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. I love preaching this. I love preaching this. If you've heard me preach, you've heard me preach it. I don't care. This is, I'm going to tell you, friend, you need to get this in your soul tonight. Amen. Isaiah, he said, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. In that day in antiquities, the kings would prepare for summer wars. In the summertime and spring, they would prepare and they would send out a king, would set out a route and he would conquer a tribe, take their spoil and that would be food for them to get to the next battle and a larger tribe. They would take their food and their gold and their, and their, and their cattle and all of their people made them slaves. And as they progressed, the king, the conquering king that would go out in that summer raid, every time he won a battle, he would take the king of that tribe even the king of that nation in front of everyone and he would take him and embarrass him by cutting off the back of his reign train of his robe even and exposed his buttocks even not trying to be gory or funny with you tonight what that king was doing was he was showing dominance I'm the conqueror you're the conquered he would embarrass him and then lead him off in chains at the end of the summer wars those king that conquering king would go back to his house and into his house of lords even all of the soldiers would stand on both sides they were waiting for the entrance of the king all the lords all the magistrates they were there watching and in anticipation waiting for that king to come in and then finally even with loud applause why don't you help me demonstrate tonight come on even clap your hands all of us come on clap loud all of a sudden that king would start walking in come on church clap your hands that king would start walking in and what they had done is every train of every king that he had conquered they fastened it to the back of his train and the longer the train the greater the victor can I tell you Isaiah looked up and he said the train of the Lord has filled the temple there's no battle he's ever lost there's no war he'll ever lose he's the greatest he's able to do exceeding abundantly he's able to resource you in all spiritual blessings if God has already won the battle, 
Is that right? Then he's only wanting you to go through to pick up the resource. The minute you make the battle yours is the minute you lose it. The battle's not mine, said little David. Come on, y'all remember that old song? The battle's not mine, it's thine. I'm in your favor. Hallelujah. The minute you make the battle yours is the minute you lose. But the minute that you only pick up your part of the battle, which is the resource and the victory, that's when you walk out with everything you have need of. Come on now. God never told you you had to bring the victory. He is Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of war. He is the one that brings victory. Not you, not me, but it is the God Almighty that purchased you and lives within you. In this house tonight, there are a house, there's a house full of people. A house full of people. I didn't preach long enough to know when I'm dealing with some folks that's dealing with defeat. I don't know what got a hold of you, but I'm not going to sit around here and act like I don't see it. Come on now. I don't know what got a hold of you. I don't know what got in your personal spirit. I don't know what caused you to have difficulty, but I do know what defeat looks like. I'm, come on here. I do know what personal defeat looks like. I'm not saying the whole church, but I'm telling you there's a house full in here. You might be a visitor. You might be from another county. I don't know, but I know what defeat looks like. You can't raise your hand. You can't magnify God. I refuse to go through a camp meeting and walk away and say, well, give me my check. We've done the best we can. Oh, no. I didn't come here after no check. I came here after revival. And the only way to get it is to pick up the victory that Jesus has provided for you and me. Be honest. Do you need victory in your soul? Raise your hand. Be honest. Don't even close your eyes. Raise your hand. Don't delay. Come on to this altar. Quick. Quick and get it an altar. And tell it, God, I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to let you resource me. I'm about to get the spoils of spiritual warfare. I'm about to gain victory in my soul. Come on, lift your hands before God and begin to pray right now. I believe in your Father. I believe in your Lord. I know you're able to do it. Go. 